in this episode of Prospect Pitch, this is going to be a special one because I actually have a team that I am the general manager of. And this episode, Leaf to Lean, is going to sell me on a prospect because I am the general manager of the Utah Jazz. And we have multiple lottery picks. And Leaf is going to convince me why there's one player that stands out to him that should be in a Utah Jazz uniform next season. Find out who he is talking about. Stay tuned. Big, big shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. I'm your host, Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board and the founder of NBA Draft Junkies. And my co-host for today. It's Leaf Tuline, the guy that watches more college basketball than anyone else. It is March tomorrow. What does March Madness mean to you? It is like music in my ears. As soon as March starts, I will be playing one shining moment just about every single day. The best week of my year is the conference tournament Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, first first couple days of uh, madness. And I'll be in Denver to watch the first and second round this year. So I will, I'm particularly excited. You answered my next question. I was ask, I was going to ask you, are there any tournaments in Salt Lake? And next year. Next year. And then I was yeah. going to ask you, are you going to any regions? Now, now, what's in Denver, the first round? First and second. First uh, and second. Yeah. So the first four is in Dayton, obviously. And so I'll be catching, I think it, it looks like by most brackets, I'll be catching – 215 and 710s um, for both the Midwest and likely the West region. But obviously that's in flux until Selection Sunday. Do you think you'll be able to go to like the Pac-12 tournament? And do you know where it's at this year? I haven't kept up. Pac-12's in Vegas. I, I can't go because I, I've taken time off my work to go to March Madness, so I couldn't go back-to-back weekends. Gotcha. You know, when I was in Salt Lake for All-Star Weekend, I was it was a last-minute trip. I ended up having to break it up into different sections. I had like my on the way there was paid for on points. And then coming back, I had to get pretty creative. There was like a $30 flight from Salt Lake to Vegas. It was like $35, but it was a trick because Frontier Airlines, they don't tell you <laughs> about those fees. They almost got me when I'm going to Denver too. Oh, they got me good because it was like I had, I booked a flight from, uh, Salt Lake to Vegas, Vegas to Dallas. And they charged me for my luggage each flight. And one flight, it was $70. The other flight, it was $100. So I was like, you know what? I could have just flew American Airlines if I was going to spend that much money. So I don't mess with Frontier anymore. It's basically like the Greyhound with wings. But anyway, (laughs) sorry if you are a Frontier flyer. But anyway, this is Prospect Pitch. And this is the first episode where I've had one of the guys from the Locked On crew give his opinion on a prospect. So no, now i am got to change hats. I'm the general manager of the Utah Jazz. 
I have a jazz t-shirt, but I can't find it. So I threw on all black. And I mean, I guess, you know, this logo right here, I guess this is kind of close. But anyway, I'm the general manager of Utah Jazz. We have multiple lottery picks. Because the Minnesota Timberwolves aren't going to make the playoffs, <laughs> which may make you happy. Now, there is a prospect that you believe needs to be in Salt Lake. You believe in our program. And you believe that you get him in a jazz uniform, he's going to fit in well with the culture, and he's going to be a star. Who is that prospect? I'm going with Gigi Jackson. And the rationale is with two lottery picks and another pick later in the draft that, you know, you could use to uh, trade up perhaps and use it as an asset, that you want to swing for the fences and who has more potential than the guy who entered college basketball at 17 years old has taken on a, a role in which his usage rate is 30.8% as a 17 year old to start the year goes into sec play, which is a pretty good conference. You, they arguably have the best team in the nation and they have a, you know, five, six tournament teams that are defensively oriented and he's got a target on his back and he's developed an ability to create space all in a frame that's 6'9", 215, looks like he was built built in a lab in order to be a very good basketball player. And I, I really believe that when you have that much capital and draft capital, you have two cracks in the bat in the lottery that you have to get G.G. Jackson in one of those should he be available. All right, what is his best position? And describe his game to me. I'd argue his best position is the four at the NBA level. And you may say, oh, they've got Lowry Markin and Walker Kessler at the five and the four. But I think Lowry Markin has proven time and time again he can play the three. And that's basically what he's played this year with Kelly Olynyk and Walker Kessler manning the front court with him. Uh, as for your second question, Gigi Jackson's game is reliant on athleticism, but it's not devoid of skill. And he's got a lot of maturing to do but the flashes are undeniable. The shot creation at 6'9", 215 is amazing. He runs like a deer. Defensively, he's got a lot to learn, but the traits are there. And I, I really believe in the training staff and, and development of rookies, as you've seen two of the Jazz rookies this year, Walker Kessler and Ochai Baji, um, emerge as untouchable pieces, according to the Jazz front office, going into the trade deadline this past year. And I, and I think that's just a testament to the training staff that's also developed other players um, that's, you know, I think remained relatively together throughout the years, the past couple of years. And you've seen guys like Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and now Walker Kessler, Lowry Markin, and Ochai Baji all really add to their games from a young age uh, up until where they are now. So you're telling me this guy started the season at 17 years old, had a 30% usage rate. He is, I mean, what's his productivity? Is, is he averaging double figures? Like, what is he doing in the SEC? He's averaging 15 a game, scoring, getting six rebounds. Shooting leaves a little bit to be desired, but I think a lot of that falls in the in the usage rate. The fact that he's taking difficult and contested shots against very good defensive teams. He's shooting 33% from the three, 65% from the line. Is passing leaves something to be desired? But once again, I think there's a lot of context you have to put together. If you watch the flashes, he, he's really, really impressive. And then if you watch highlights and lowlights and you just watch his shots, you say, oh, man, the percentage isn't great. But you take into consideration the team he's on, the way he's developed throughout the year. And I really do believe in the fact that if a guy starts at a certain spot and gets better throughout the year and in, in, in his college team, uh, starts to get better – 
South Carolina is bad and they're going to continue to be bad, but they're getting better. And I think a large part of it is the ability to transcend into the role he's taken on, even in SEC play. Like I mentioned, there's teams like Tennessee, number one defensive efficiency team, who's really made it very difficult for him. Mississippi State, Texas A&M, Kentucky, all defensively oriented teams. And he's continued to take it upon himself to create space, get good shots for himself without much help. And, and I really think that in a setting where he's, he's you know, it's, uh, it's if there's a blank slate and, and you're telling him, hey, here's our new situation for you in which you're going to take a lesser role, but we still believe in those same traits, I really buy on those hitting. All right, so how does he fit in with our roster and our cornerstones as of today? I mean, we got our center, we got our four-man. And so, one, how does he fit in? And two, like, what is the best role for him? Is he a face-up four? Is he a pick-and-pop four? Is he a a guy that's just going to be able to score for us off dump-offs and playing at the dunker spot? What are your thoughts on that? I think he's best suited as a face-up four in time. I think he can be a pick and pop four early on and kind of progress into the role that you want him to be. And why I, I'm so high on him is if you're going to take away outside of Victor Wembanyama, Scoot Henderson, and maybe you can make an argument for Amon Thompson and maybe Brandon Miller, but I, I'd even say uh, take away Brandon Miller. Of all the college players, I think there's a strong argument if one's going to be an all-pro player in the NBA, Gigi Jackson has a big claim to that because he's younger, athletically very imposing, and I think he will get stronger and physically more mature and mentally more mature. And I think the fit that you'll see with the Jazz is that size is becoming such a hot commodity in the NBA. The Jazz were largely involved with trade talks with John Collins. John Collins fits an archetype that's similar to Gigi Jackson. I think Gigi Jackson can be a better shooter. I think he's a better athlete, and I think he's got far better individual creation ability. So I think in time, you'll see him take more of the individual created, uh, creation upon himself. But in the, in the short term, he'll be able to spot up, catch and shoot, go to the dunker spot, be a beneficiary from the attention drawn by Lowry Markkinen and and Walker Kessler screening. And I think Ochai Baji will space the floor. And there you have your cornerstones of youth and the Jazz, as you're well aware, have so many picks and assets in the next coming years that you can build the the franchise around certain players, not to mention there's another pick in this lottery that you can pick to fill maybe what you'd say see as more of a positional vacancy. So I'd try to swing for the fences and take a guy with all the traits in the world and shows undeniable fat flashes like Gigi Jackson. Okay, I got a lot more questions for you. I have a whole lot more. I want to talk a little bit more about the shot creation. But before that, we are at like two-thirds of the way through the NBA season. So now it is the perfect time for you to download FanDuel. One, FanDuel is America's number one sports book. But also, because if you're a new customer, you get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel sports app. It is safe, it is secure, and it is super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to the point scores, even threes drain. Also, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So do not miss, do not miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. 
Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, and locked on. All right, second segment. Leaf Tulane here is pitching me on Gigi Jackson. So I've learned that he is 18 years old, started the season off at 17 years old, has the ball in his hands a lot. He's a shot maker. And that's what I want to dive a little deeper into the shot making. So when you say he's a shot maker, is he someone that I give the ball to in a post and I say clear out and he can score over his, his opponents as a face-up guy? Is he like one dribble blowing by guys or does he have offensive creativity? How would you describe his shot making? I think there's facets of all of the above. I think so far he'd be best at face-up game and using his athletic ability to gain advantages, whether it be driving or kind of using a step back because of the respect his driving gets from the defense. Um, posting up has not been a strong suit at this point, but I think that's to be expected because of the physical nature of college basketball in the SEC. It's very difficult to impose your will def- uh uh, down on the low block against the bigs of the SEC that feature Oscar Shibwe, Uros Plavsic, um, Henry Coleman, guys that are just older and very strong. Um, that said, I think he's been able to really show his athletic ability down low in the offensive rebound, the putback category. I think that's another underrated aspect this, of his game. I think he's a better rebounder than people give him credit for. He's got he's 90th percentile in offensive rebounds or putbacks um, in the country. And he's very good at coming off of handoff, 78th percentile. And I think that that really is a testament to the physical nature of his game that you can see uh, being able to impose his will on the glass, as well as having the guard-like skills and creation to get into jump shots and get downhill coming off handoffs and an isolation play. I I think that you'll see the shot making more and more against the good defenses. It just may lower the percentages because he has to take so many difficult shots in sec plays erupted for 30 points against Auburn. Who's a fairly good defense 30 and eight. And then he, he also will have a game that's a stinker like Tennessee and I'm fully aware, but Tennessee is the best defensive team in the country and it's not close. So if you take his preseason, when he's playing people that aren't up to his level, even as a 17-year-old, he averaged about 19 a game uh, up until SEC play. And I think he's going to really be a beneficiary of jazz development that will say, hey, work on your jump shot, and then we'll play to your strengths. And Will Hardy has a quote that he's mentioned many times, um, having been to a lot of press conferences that uh, that he does before games. He says, I don't want to harp on the deficiencies of my players. Rather, I want to focus on the superpowers that they have. And I think when, when you have Gigi Jackson, what are the superpowers? There are so many traits that are dominant that I think he can actually be one of the guys who actually becomes a superstar because he doesn't just have one thing that defenses can key on and take away. He can get downhill. He can create into a jump shot. He can improve that jump shot from the catch and, uh, catch and shoot and make it harder for teams to sag off and play the drive. And then he can also impose his will on the rim with just spectacular vertical athleticism. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. How can he impact the game? with less than five shots. He can rebound the ball. And I think defensively there's traits, but he needs to uh, learn the system and learn the NBA game. Uh, I think at South Carolina, he gambles a little bit and comes up right out of his stance, but I think that's very coachable. And a lot of things that I've said, 
uh, relate to his age. And I'm typically not someone, and you can attest to this, as, as I'm not someone who really holds bars against age. I think it's college experience. But in his case, when you reclassify out of high school and you're still productive, I really buy that as a positive trait for the future. Whereas a lot of guys use that as an excuse. Oh, we reclassified and I'm really struggling. Amoni Bates is a person who physically wasn't able to play the same way he played in high school when he came to Memphis. And now he's doing better playing guys his own age at Eastern Michigan. Gigi Jackson, right off the shoot, has physically been able to hang in the games. He's been able to rebound, and he can run the floor. I think he'd be an excellent rim runner. The Jazz are playing faster this year than they have in years past under Quinn Snyder. And I think you could see uh, some high-low action from him, as well as someone who can set screens and be a factor rolling to the rim if they if the court is opened a little bit. And Walker Kessler's trying to develop the three. So that's going to be something in the future or in lineups without Walker Kessler. So defense certainly rebounding both offensive and defensive. And I think just the element of pushing the tempo, which is something that the jazz haven't had too much of. I also think it could be a secondary rim protector. So you, you spoke about reclassifying up and you mentioned Imani Bates and then Jalen Durant comes to mind. He reclassified up. He was good at Memphis, but he has shown a lot as a rookie in Detroit. Do you think that is more so the trajectory of Gigi Jackson. I'm not certain immediately he'll be as productive as Jalen Duran has been in Detroit. Uh, he was number six on my board last year, and I think the physical traits were a huge reason why banking on a guy that's 6'10", looks like a baby Dwight Howard and has vacuums for hands, rebounds the ball. Uh, Gigi Jackson has similar traits compared to his position in terms of just being a physically dominant athlete compared to the competition. And I, I, I really buy that. And I also have been pleasantly surprised entering this year with the shot making ability and the shot creation. He creates an enormous amounts of space. So I think his isolation game will improve with the more space in the NBA, as opposed to the condensed nature of college basketball and his inferior teammates compared to the competition they're playing in SEC basketball. I think that really factors into the inefficiency you see when carrying a 31% usage rate. So to answer your question, I would say that he may not immediately rookie year put up the same numbers as Jalen Duran, but I think that he's someone who will follow that trajectory in terms of dominant traits being dominant traits, regardless of age and competition level. Okay. Okay. I like what I'm hearing so far. All right, let's, let's talk about the physical characteristics. All right. Let's, let's do a scale of five being the best one being the worst body length, like his length wingspan. What would you guess? Uh, I would go, I would give him a four in that. I, I'm going to guess he has about a seven foot wingspan. Okay. Quickness. Five being best, one being the worst. Are you saying short distance quickness or, or? Yeah, just like his first step and his ability to get by defenders. I would give him a, a 3.5, maybe four, but I think in terms of sprinting the floor, I'd give him a five. Okay. Yeah. That was my next question. So for speed, you'd give him a five. All right. What about his. And endurance, like, is he able to continue to play hard throughout the game or is he someone that's going to wear out? I think his motor is very good. I think uh, he gets tired mentally more so than physically. And I think that has something to do with emotional maturity. And that's something I believe in that the age does matter more so than physical strength and prowess. So in terms of physical uh, endurance, I'd give him a 3.54. And mental endurance, I think I think he could have some room for improvement, but I give him a little bit of leeway there, and I'd give him a 
a three. And, you know, we have a, a very good situation in Salt Lake for a guy that may need some maturing. I think it's beneficial to be in Salt Lake if you need some maturing as opposed to being in Miami, New York, <laughs> Los Angeles as a 17-year-old new millionaire. So I'm like what I'm hearing so far. All right, scale of uh, five, five being the best, one being the worst. What about his physicality and what about his his toughness? Not necessarily mental toughness, but just his overall physical toughness. I'd give him a 3.5. I think that's one where where the weight room and NBA program is really going to help him. I think he can physically mature. His shoulders will get broader and he'll his legs will get stronger so he won't get tired shooting threes. Um, late in games, I think I've noticed that where he shoulders such an enormous burden that eventually his legs fatigue. And I think that's where I would say that the toughness is there. The the tenacity remains, but his his body will get stronger. And I think that will help him be physically tougher against the threes and fours in the NBA that he'll be defending and trying to score against. Okay. All right. Last question as far as like his physical characteristics. What do you say his positional size is? So you say he's a four. And as far as like his height and length, what would you give grade him out? I'd say a four, 4.5, because you got to factor in the team he's playing with. Uh, Lowry Markin is a true seven feet tall. Walker Kessler is probably seven foot one. And Gigi Jackson would likely be defending threes and fours. And if you're six foot nine, at 18 years old with a seven foot wingspan, as I project, I really think that lineup has enormous versatility and size and also just athletic ability. Those guys for, if you're going to take a six, nine, seven foot and seven foot one and run a foot race, like a relay race, if you're just to take their 94 feet times, that, that would be the best in the NBA from any team. And, and I think that he would really anchor that he's very, very quick. And I think the size that he possesses for that speed is the ultimate factor of of his athleticism. He can, at that speed, accelerate like he's a guard. At that height, accelerate like he's a guard. All right, all right. So we talked about his position. We talked about the physical characteristics. Now let's get into his game. Stay tuned. All right, last segment is Rafael Barlow here at Leaf Tulane. He is attempting to sell me on Gigi Jackson. So far, he has done an excellent job. But now it's time to turn the heat up a little bit. And I want your honest opinion as far as your honest grades about his offensive skill set. All right. So let's go with his basketball IQ five being the highest one being the worst. I'm going to go with a three. I think there's room to improve. And I think mental mentally he's there and he's an eager learner. However, at that age, there's going to be mistakes that you, you say, Oh man, that's a, that's a mental error. And I think that those exist. So that's the knock. However, I think that he's learning at a rapid curve. And I think that'll be beneficial for when he enters the NBA and the game. And he'll there'll be rapid learning once again because he'll be thrust into the fire. But you saw this with Ochag Baji. He was sometimes thinking so much he wouldn't shoot the ball. Then he gets thrust in with consistent minutes and votes of confidence from the coaching staff that you'll see from the development. Everyone's working with him. And I think he's got the ability and the motor and the want to to really buy into that and the mental acuity is there. And so I would, I would believe that there is a significant growth in the mental aspect for him as his age and mental maturity progresses. Okay. All right. 
coachability? That's a hard one to assess considering the situation he's in, but they've gotten better. So I think the team has bought into the South Carolina coach, Lamont Paris. And it's a very different system than was previous there under Frank Martin. But I, I would, I would, I would believe that he's going to be there. It's hard to know without being around him, but I think Will Hardy, and this is coming from being around him a little bit in press conferences. I meant, as I mentioned, he really has a way of endearing to the players and saying, you know what, I'm a player's coach, but I'm also going to make make sure you know that I'm going to get the very most out of you. And th- no one's a better example of this than Walker Kessler, who I think you can make an argument is similar to Gigi Jackson. They have dominant traits at certain sizes, and his progression has been rapid to the point where he's untouchable as a rookie that was the 22nd pick of this past year's draft, transferred to a new program, learned a new program under Bruce Pearl, was previously with Roy Williams, and I just think that these guys are coachable, eager, enthusiastic, and and Will Hardy is a perfect coach for that. I mean, Popovich saw it immediately, took him out of the film room, and put him on the court with the veteran Spurs. So I think if there's a coach that can really accelerate the coachability uh, scale, it'll, it's Will Hardy. And I think Gigi Jackson's an eager learner as well. Okay. All right. Now let's, you know, you've kind of hinted at this a little bit, so I'm going to need like your honest opinion here. Body language, attitude, reaction. I I think there's an eager ability to uh to expect perfection. So there's disappointment, and sometimes he'll be like, "Ah, oh, shoot!" And you see the head hang up, and then he runs back hard. So I think there are imperfections in this, but it's from a a point of expectations being so high and wanting to get better that that there's disappointment but i almost like the fact that he's disappointed in himself for not exceeding his expectations and then wanting to do so so you may see negative physical reactions like hands in the air or or a head hanging in the air but you see the motor rushing back on defense as those mistakes happen you see defensively takes pride he tried to guard brandon miller who's the most polished scorer in this draft um and, and he took that as a personal challenge did he win that battle? No, he he didn't, but he he took it on head on and continued to put forth that effort. So I do buy the effort and attitude being a positive. Okay. So you feel like he cares. And I, I then, do. okay. And then the maturity professionalism, we talked about that. Um, we don't need to, I guess, elaborate any further, but as far as the number ranking, what would you give him there? I'd give him a four. And, oh. and the rationale, the rationale is, at that age, the way he's handled himself on a bad team is very encouraging to me. Uh, I think context is very important. This is why when you when you draft a player, that I find it very important to watch their film from both high school, college, and see the transformation, who they're playing with, um, the transformation of roles that they have. Have they been the star always? Will they be the star? Are you drafting them to be the star? Or are you drafting them to be a role player? And, and I think he's mentally approached it as, hey, I'm going to be the star featured here. And it's going to come with lumps, but I'm also going to keep my head up and continue to keep pushing the agenda. And it's sometimes you have the 30 piece against Auburn and sometimes you score five points against Tennessee and, and your team loses by 83 combined points in two meetings against the volunteers. But there's a lot of in between. And I think the in between is, is, is truer, closer to the truth. And I think down the road, you're going to see those lumps turning into positives and, and learning by failure. And that may be hard in the short term, but I I respect the fact that he's been professional 
and continued to charge the path and, and not been flustered by the fact that there are imperfections. Okay. All right. Now let's talk about the offensive skills, shot selection, five being the best one being the worst. Three, but I will say this, I've said this about Brandon Miller pre-draft about July. When we spoke about Brandon Miller, I've said this about Jason Tatum. I've said this about Paolo Bancaro. Shot selection isn't great and the coach can get frustrated. However, if you're taking those shots, that means you must have the belief that you can make those shots. And I think for someone that you want to have a star upside, that's an important factor to believe in oneself and the confidence to take those shots because you believe you could make those shots, not just to take those shots because you're instructed to do so as the star player. So I, I think there are things he can improve upon in terms of the shots he takes, but I do believe he believes he can make those shots and he's shown flashes of making those shots, even though they're difficult largely. Okay. All right. Let's go rapid fire. Catching and shooting. Two. 2.5. Catching and shooting coming off screens. But, you know, he's a four, so that may not necessarily be his game. Uh, I'll, I'll give him a two there. I think there's potential. Okay. Stand still in space shooting. 2.5 to three. Okay. Movement without the ball. This is a hard one due to situation because he, he kind of waits for the ball and, and they, they give it to him and he isolates. In terms of running the floor movement without the ball, he's very good. Um, so I'll, I'll split the margins here and give you a three, 3.5. Okay. Transition finisher. Quite good. So I'd give him a four, four and a half. Creating for others in the paint. Like if he is around the rim, does he have the vision to, to kick it out and make plays for others? Not yet. However, I don't think his team is well suited for that. They really shoot poorly. So I'll give him a 1.5 there. Okay. Mid-range pull-up game. I think that's where he's going to make his money. I think he's going to be awesome in that, getting downhill, turnarounds. So I will give him a four. As a performance right now, I'd give him a three. But I think that a lot of it is learning to believe in himself to make those shots, and he's started to turn to ratchet that up in SEC play of late. Okay. Finishing at the rim off the dribble. He's going to get stronger. So right now, 3.5. I think that'll be a strength in the NBA, though. Okay. As a pick-and-roll finisher, and I mean, I know college basketball, there's not a lot of pick-and-roll. The spacing isn't always there. But if you had to grade him based off what you think he could be in the NBA as a pick-and-roll finisher with spacing, because if he has marking in, he's on the floor with marking in. He's, he could have some spacing. So what do you think he could be as a pick-and-roll finisher? So far, he's four of seven for the South Carolina team on pick-and-rolls <laughs> as the finish man. So not not a lot of sample size. I think he will be very good in that department, so I'm going to give him a four, four-and-a-half. I think the vertical athleticism and the coordination at that age is super impressive. The fact that he's able to be so coordinated, both dribbling the ball and hanging in the air, looking at the rim, finishing – uh, I really buy that as an NBA skill. I think he, he reminds me of John Collins that way, but I think he's going to be a more functional athlete as opposed to John Collins' just vertical bounce. Okay. As a pick-and-pop finisher? Uh, I'll go three. I think there's room to improve. Uh, the The shot looks good. I think he just takes them from very deep, and that hurts his percentages, and he takes them off the bounce. I think as a pick-and-pop guy, he'll very much improve. 
and I think Will Hardy will get him good looks. Okay. All right. So now let's talk about the, the shooting as far as this release. Do you think he has a quick release? And this is, again, rapid fire, five being the best, one being the worst. What would you give his release? I'd say a three. I don't think it's particularly swift. I don't think it's particularly slow. It's released from a, I'd say, a pretty good height for a six nine shooter. Uh, I think preparation with his feet and catch and shoot could be better. I think he stands a little upright, but I, I'm not horribly concerned about that. I think mechanically, at this age, uh, I'm impressed. Okay. Um, does he have a floater? Not yet. So no I'll give you, a, yeah, I'll give you a two there. Okay. Um. So passing, I know you had mentioned like the passing isn't great, but do you think he has decent instincts as a passer or is it more so the team around him doesn't put him in the best position to showcase his passing skills? I think his instincts are are fine. I wouldn't say they're through the roof as a passer. And I think the team really does uh, hinder his ability to pass and be seen as going because even when there are good passes, they don't translate to assists often for this team. Um, it's almost like Anthony Black. He gets into the teeth of the defense and kicks out, and the shooting's poor. I would say that that his passing is something that, while he mentally matures, will Im- will improve. Okay, all right. Rebounding is he? I know you mentioned that you think he's a good rebounder. Is he a guy that gets rebounds that just kind of come to him? Is he getting rebounds because he's playing enough minutes and, you know, you'll, you'll bump into five, six rebounds? Or would you say he is like a long rebound competitor? I'd say all of the above. I think there are flashes of him vertically going up and grabbing the ball that very few can. I think there's times where he just kind of does the bare minimum and the ball finds him. But I, I buy that as a, a very likely to be strong trait. And I think he's a very good offensive rebounder. He's got a pretty good nose for the ball, tracking it and has had some tip ins, some follow dunks and catches comes down, goes back up pretty quickly, which I always find to be an impressive trait for guys that are bigger. I think the best that I've seen do it is Sean Marion go. The second jump's incredible. And I think Gigi Jackson's pretty good at that as well. Okay. Rapid fire. Now this is something that again, you've kind of hinted at, but I just want to give you the opportunity to fire off these answers. Defense. Is he a guy that is a multiple effort defender? At, at times. So I'll, I'll give him a, a 2.5 there. Okay. What about his ability to stay in front of the ball? Like as far as ball handles, you mentioned that he defended Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller's an excellent college player from what I've heard. I mean, I haven't seen anybody. I mean, I've been working on our jazz roster all season. <laughs> but what about his ability to stay in front of the ball? I think he's good against people his size, against guards, which will be necessary in switching defense as the NBA progresses. He can improve, so I'd give him a three. But I think a lot of it has to do with coaching. He, he's very upright and, and gambles a little bit, and I think if you refine those instincts and then turn him into a more fundamentally sound defender, I buy the athleticism to stay in front of people. Okay, transition defender. Is he, guy, is he someone that's going to get back in transition defense? Or is he chilling? I think he crashes the glass a lot for South Carolina right now, so it's hard to to see him as the guy getting back. But I think he's got a motor to do so, get back and try to challenge shots uh, when in transition defense. So what's the grade? Uh, three. Okay. What about his sink and fill awareness? I think that's where the 
learning and being taught what to know, like what to notice and, and on a defensive end is going to improve the most at an NBA level. Uh, you talk, Walker Kessler talks about this all the time. He's learning defensively constantly and he's a defensive ace. So I would say right now about a two, I expect him to become very good at that and watch his traits uh, really take over. And I think he's going to be a guy who gets a lot of steals uh, down the stretch just based on instincts. All right. So we're, Thinking about using a lottery pick on him. What is his roster role? Is he an all-star? Is he a top starter? Is he a starter? Is Or is he a rotation guy? Or is he a roster player, training camp, Euro? Talking about at his peak, what would you say he is? I think he can be an all-star player. I, I think the individual creation ability, the combination of size, speed, want to, and and verticality really has me intrigued. I think he can score at a couple different levels, and I think he fits the roster very well. So I think there, there's, there's a nice cultivation period where I trust our development staff to improve him down the road, and then he'll develop into what I foresee him as an all-star. And early on, he'll be a role player that, that has an instant impact, and the role will continue to grow and grow. Well, thank you so much. You've done an excellent job. That wraps up this episode of Prospect Pitch. And thank you for making the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. Now, for your second listen, you have to check out the Game to Game Podcast because Locked On Game to Game NBA gives you every moment, every top performance that only Locked On can deliver. Can deliver. So check out Locked On Game to Game on the Locked On NBA channel. Once again, it's Rafael Barlow. Leaf just pitched Gigi Jackson to the Utah Jazz, and we are out. But before we go, Leaf is going to give us his top 10 in our next episode. Stay tuned. <laughs>